Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. Paul and John, um, I'm outside with puppies. John's getting ready. Uh, he's having breakfast. We're just going to talk uh, about the World Cup. Just no agenda, really. Um, and John, you know I've been someone who's talked against this World Cup for years to the point where I, I said I wouldn't watch it. Um, I think you thought that the World Cup would come around and I couldn't help myself and you you were all right as usual. I've really enjoyed this World Cup for so many reasons. The Qataris have got on with it. There has been crowd um, at some of the games. The crowd atmosphere actually has been quite electric. The small bands of supporters from different countries. Um, your thoughts in that kind of general, that general thought of the World Cup so far, mate? Oh, yeah, it's been a... I've always had a theory that the World Cup's a bit of an organic, everyone's a bit different. You know, they all have their own life and they sort of come alive but they get born and then they pass into the history pages. And I'm thoroughly enjoying this one. It's totally different. It's got its own, it's definitely got its own vibe. It's got a bounce about it. Um, I'm actually going to be honest with you. I've really thoroughly enjoyed the fact more than anything that all the things that we were told was going to make this World Cup crap have all proven at this stage to be not really the case. And yeah. the, the, the Qataris and let's say just the Arab world in general sort of just ignoring some of the over-the-top fostering that's been going on from people who didn't make any noises when they were in China for the uh, Olympics or in Russia or in Brazil when Brazil was burning down around the tournament itself. And, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's been good. It's funny that, you know, we won't touch on the, we've talked about the politics for years on, on our podcasts and stuff, but I find it funny that, um, and we, and I talked to my dad about this and on this podcast and everything, you, you, you always have to be careful the political battle. Oh, pardon me. Oh, you're okay? I think uh, you're trying to get. They must have just heard what I said. They got you, know. They got you, mate. I don't know. Like a Tari royal family. No, I think it won't be them because you're in support of them. It'd be someone else. It'd be you. Just got woke. Um, <laughs> Probably the Chinese. You've been woke. Yeah, all right. Sorry, um, mate. The, yeah, we, we we always talk about how you've got to pick your battles in politics, and it's good to have a stance. But great examples, things like the NBA where um, when they were in China a few years ago, um, people like LeBron James and so forth spoke out about what was happening in China. And yet China actually pulls in almost more money than anywhere else in the world into the NBA. So yeah. you just got to be so careful what you... I mean, you're allowed to have opinions, but they need to be considered. You know, you and I have pulled out a million things. So you bag Qatar, but you'll wear a shirt made you know, a Nike shirt that's made, we all know how they've been made for decades. So I think one of the things about these opinions is it's like it seems to be decisions that are being made by the associations on behalf yeah. of social media campaign. Yeah. And yeah. it's not really, they're not asking the players what they think. The players don't get asked, really, most of the time. And, you know, I've got to take my hat off to the Iranian players um, and the fact that they, you know what, to me, what it comes down to is if you really have something to lose, and they have a lot to lose, um, and we know that. And oh, I could not have been more. Take my hat off to people who are prepared to do what they did, and I think we should pretty much leave it at that because on the other side of that, setting national anthems was a group of people who were confused about what they were actually supposed to be protesting. Yeah, agreed, mate. And but how to do it? 
it, it's been an amazing um, World Cup of tactics. And um, I, I was, uh, you know, my, I had my daughter come into the room the other day when I was watching a game and she was saying goodnight. It was her bedtime. Good girl. She was going to bed on time. And um, she just asked me about the World Cup and what I was watching. And it was I'm trying to think of who, who the game was, but it was an African nation um, and, and a European nation. And I'm just explaining how much I loved two completely different football. Um, was it Cameroon against Switzerland? It was actually, and and just explaining how much I loved the two different tactics and how they doesn't matter what they studied, they don't come up against each other. The only time these countries would see each other in different formats would be things like the Olympics. Um, yeah, there was but, such a vibrancy about that game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like the, the, yeah. say that. But just the, well, it was not about the clash of cultures. It's, it's the contrasting style, the, the completely different look of the different kits and and how, how different everyone looked on the field. The how, kits, the running how, styles, the yeah. way they pass. It, and, and you can't write yeah. the World Cup story about Cameroon. No, well, you know, no they we, just squeaked into the tournament too. It's like, well, they're just they're there and, and they're always seem to be there and <clears throat> it's not a World Cup without them. And I, and you know, I, I, we should just concentrate sometimes on the present and and not the future. But you know, we've got to really enjoy this World Cup for the fact that it is, to me, the perfect amount of teams. Um, come next World Cup, I think it goes to forty-eight. Does it? Oh, I heard it was going to go. It was one hundred and seventy countries in the world. I heard they were going to try and just have a tournament where they try to leave out South Sudan. Yeah, that that was my understanding. For and, and you know, it's not even geopolitical. It's the fact. Actually, that no, they might leave out Qatar after all this. <laughs> after all this, but you know, I think we've got the perfect amount of teams now. I really love the thirty-two teams. I think yeah. it's really good. Eight groups, everyone fighting for it. Um, well, that's mate, great. Everyone's used. Everyone knows how it works. I mean, I don't. I'm, well, we know exactly why they're doing it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, just me. It's one of the greatest things about the World Cup itself. And my wife was saying the other day, this they go. So that many World Cups on and what's what? And I said, look, the, the great thing about the, all the World Cups, but the football one in particular, it's every four years. Yeah. I mean, you know, African Nations Cup seems to get played every two months. And so to me, it just, it, those things don't really count that much. I, the four-year cycle, everyone knows it, everyone gets it. You're fit, you're fit. And... Um, and you know, and, and, the, and the teams have been a big part of the whole process is the qualification, making absolutely. Uh, you, you know, we all we all remember two thousand and five and the and the celebrations after qualifying after all those years and what it meant to, um, you know, Johnny Warren and his family and and uh, you know Les Murray and all those people have been stalwarts for us. But let's have a look at a couple of the results, mate. We had um, we know Ecuador got over Qatar, but England came out. And, and put on a, a clinic in a 6-2 win over Iran. And, it, it, it you know, eight goals in a game in a World Cup, you don't see that too often. Um, England really on the front foot and, and taking a little bit back in their next game. But I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure they were too worried in the end. Um, Argentina getting upset by Saudi Arabia. That was a fabulous game. I mean, Argentina arguably, arguably could have had four goals on the board in the first half, mate. Well, Argentina is another one of those teams that you can't write the story of the World Cup without them. And uh, I mean, everyone who loves football is enjoying the ups and downs of their journey. And this, you know, the first game was awesome. Well, that, you know, I thoroughly that... enjoyed this morning. We're just coming off that game right now. That's when we're recording this. That's where we decided to get together. And there was just a, this 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 feeling of relief. I reckon it probably went through just about every football fan when Messi scored. 
Oh, yeah, and a nice, really nice goal as well. And, you know, th- this is the thing. You were talking about the four-year cycles, and, and it's on this four-year cycle that people who don't follow it week in, week out, and that's fine. Um, they all jump on the, the World Cup. It is a world event. And, um, you know, we, we were talking – we've always talked about this, and we won't bore listeners with it, but it's funny those people who watch it every four years are saying, oh, Ronaldo and Messi and Ronaldo – is cheating and Messi is not the same guy. These are the best players the world's ever seen. And we all know, I don't even think you can put them in the top five or six, but that's arguable. You've got Eusebio and Palais and uh, Beckenbauer and uh, Cruyff and all those names. And, and you know, you could put Messi, uh, Messi and Ronaldo into that mix. You could put Pirlo in that mix, man. Absolutely. And this is where the World Cup is where so many names are made, aren't they? So um, it, it's good. I, I, I've, you know, I'm almost 50 years of age and I've gone from, oh, you don't follow the game, you don't have the right to, to, cool, people are seeing the game I love. So it's it's funny how you change and, and the World Cup's changed. Well, I think we, we do a podcast and we look at a bunch of different sports and, and I hope that the listeners know this is that I just can't do this our game thing. Yeah. yeah you know, nah. I'm, I just don't care for that. Like, I mean... If I'm sitting in Queensland and people talk about rugby league and they call it our game and I'm watching then something from Melbourne and AFL and it's our game and then you see Craig Foster, it's our game. It's like the NFL, our league. It's like whatever. I mean, these things, that there's no sport that's owned more by the world than this one. No, no, absolutely spot on. Well, let's look at a couple of other results, mate. Australia, France, um, 4-1 in the end. Australia on the front foot for the first 15 to 20 minutes, scored the goal, couple defensive lapses, and we retreated into our shells. So people like you and I and others, the scoreline was the scoreline. But it was, I think what we were more upset about is we know the effort and the courage that, that these Australian players have. Um, and we were just, I, I think for me, I can only talk for me, but I was just disappointed we didn't have that kind of courage to continue to play. That was more so than getting beaten by a brilliant team 4-1. It's a tournament and you learn from those things because, yep. you know, obviously the result uh, last night washes away a lot of those feelings. But if we go back to game one, I do think that for Australia, and this is where me and Fozzie differ on many things, including wearing socks, but, you know, I, I just got to say that for Australia's got to go to the World Cup, for a couple of weeks beforehand, these guys all come out of the A-League. I yep. would like to have thought that they were running June runs on the beach at Bondi for six weeks, not touching a ball, because the secret for them is going to have to be to run and run and run. Yeah. And and I felt that once they got in front, of a great goal too, by the way. Beautiful goal. And, and the French were on the back foot. And the French, uh, you know, the French, great team. If you want to smack them in the mouth, though, let's see what happens. And well, they just, they, they looked, they, I reckon they had a look over the, the edge and they, they couldn't handle it. Um, I thought they got that right last night. They kept running. Well, the thing is, in that game where we took the 1-0 lead, mate, we almost scored that second, the one that missed by probably half a metre. Yeah. And, and I was saying to Dad that morning uh, or that night, uh, if we had have um, held France for 10 more minutes. Mm. Now, I know, you know what I'm talking about here. One of them's going to get set up. France were going to start panicking because yeah. when you the expectation, and we've seen this in this tournament, the expectation on a team that's expected to win, I think we were seven to ten minutes away from having France play some ordinary football. 
once they were heading uh, them- down the same route as um as the one that Argentina took against Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and, and do you agree? I don't think we're that far off. No, and, and so big chance that they backed off. They they retreated yeah. back into their own box. And I sent you a message at one stage saying, yep. if we sink any deeper, we're going to be behind Matt Ryan. And, we're going to be sending then, him out as our striker. Uh, absolutely, and and so we weren't. And, and I want to make this very clear. The scoreline in the end, when you're playing a quality team, didn't worry me. Because once France got their confidence up and we had retreated, it was always going to be a quite a significant scoreline. So that's not what we were worried about. It was the, the tactics that were set up. And, and look, you can't actually blame the coach in, in that regard. Because once players start retreating, whether it's rugby league, rugby union, AFL, whatever, it's really hard to coach them to get back on the ball, isn't it? I mean, you're a coach. It was, um, yeah, it is. Uh, look, France, and once they get on a, on the front foot too, I mean, you have to be taken away by France's quality. And um, you know, I thought Griezmann controlled that game really nicely yeah, in behind. Yeah, and they've got so many options, and everyone says Mbappe. I thought both the wingers were good. They just looked deadly. And yeah. one of the great, the great unwashed is Giroud. I mean, every time I watch him play, whether it's against Newcastle or the World Cup, he seems to score. Is, is he the most... He seems like a really decent bloke as well. Is he one of the most underrated players by his own supporter groups wherever he plays? He seems 100%, 100%. to be. 100%. I, I just... They, no one loves him. Apart maybe from his teammates. I just find it amazing because I've never seen him do anything wrong. I even... I was watching some highlights of him the other night, right? And people say stuff like, um, it's hard to explain what they say. Oh, even in the World Cup, they said it. They said, you know, he doesn't have the quality of some of the other players. And I'm thinking, these are professional commentators. I've seen Giroud. Yeah. He scores all the do, time. I've seen him do overhead kicks. I've seen him do a kick where he was kind of like a scorpion goal. He's done some of the most unbelievable goals ever. I want to know what quality is if it's not Giroud. I mean, well, I think that's one of the most overused words at the World Cup. You know, I'm serious. And people throwing it out. I don't think they've got any idea what they're talking about. Well, because mate, what, what, what is quality at the end of the day? I mean, quali- there's, 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 there's world-class players. There's not many of those around. Um, there's quality coaching. There's quality set-outs. There's, there's quality tactics. There's quality fans. And Giroud's a quality player. Oh, absolutely, yeah, mate. And, and I think what made this the first Australian result kind of galling um, was to see Japan's um, quality and fight against Germany in that. Use quality, all right. I just used the word quality, didn't I? Yeah. Um, but but to see there, just that the way they set up against Germany, and there was no fear, and I think that's what hurt me more is to see Japan go out there. Who you know, you could say on the world game they're they're a, a, a slightly above us, but a, an equivalent. And to see them just take it to Germany, that's what really annoyed me. But great win by Japan. Well, in those Fine. couple of games, Paul, I mean, you could see the microcosm of the Asian qualifying that we watched all through, um, you know, all through the lead-up. And, you know, Japan and Iran, I wasn't surprised when they came back and beat Wales. Yep. Um, Saudi and um, who's the other one? South Korea. They all qualified straight up. Yeah. And, and and Australia, playing those teams, we, we played Saudi and, and Japan. We weren't there for those games, you know. And... <laughs> It doesn't surprise me that they played better in those, but I'm not surprised either that the Asian um, teams are going okay because I think the quality, there's that word, has gone up heaps. Yeah, exactly. Um, Portugal in a really good game against Ghana, winning 3-2, and that was another um, 
you know, example of, of different different kind of styles of play. Senegal beating Qatar 3-1 in Iran, as you said, beating Wales. Um, I thought the England-USA game, um, I, I, it was nil all. And I actually really enjoyed it because I thought both teams had their moments and I thought America were desperately unlucky, or the USA, sorry, were desperately unlucky not to actually um, graft a win against England in that game. A lot of hand-wringing. Um, Germany and Italy have won many a tournament by being on four points after two games. Yep. So I don't yep. really care. Move on next. Oh, yeah. And we've never beaten the USA. And I say we, that's the collective we. Never beaten the USA at the World Cup. And that's one of those... Really strange anomalies of world sport, but it was plenty a, of times too. It was a good game. I thought uh, Pulisic was uh, outstanding in that game. Um, t- the Australia Tunisia game was, I've got to say this, mate, I do not enjoy watching the Socceroos play. And what I mean by that is, I panic the whole time. The whole time I'm on edge. I, it's like when I watch Richmond or I watch Miami Dolphins or, or whatever. I'm never relaxed in those games. I far more enjoy the neutral games where it's not anything on the line for me. Uh, and and I just couldn't be proud. I, I just couldn't be proud of mate. I you know, I had some tears watching that game because those guys could not have given anything more. And what you were well, saying about the, the beach runs at Bondi, um, yeah. they had nothing left, any of them in the tank at all. Last night was one of the most enjoyable World Cup moments that I've I've had. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it start and finish. Great goal too by the way. And oh yeah. Um, Duke it up. And then and holding on and holding on and holding on. And I think one of the things that maybe people aren't, you know, we talk about the atmosphere there. The, you know, the North African Arab countries and and then all the, the, the Asian countries, they're turning up in droves this tournament yep. and the atmosphere is out of this world. And <clears throat> there was a lot of people there that didn't want to stay to win. And so oh, they definitely. played good, man. That was an awesome result. And holding on, man, it was good. Some of the tackles, some of the covering tackles are exactly what I would have expected from the, the Socceroos, where they ran 20 metres and just timed the side tackles brilliantly when Tunisia broke against us. And, and that Tunisia team, they, they really looked good. They were fast. They, they had a plan. Um, and, and look, shout out for the next People are calling out the back line against, um, against France. But, I mean, to be fair, they, that was an extraordinarily um, good set of, French wingers who could have destroyed anyone on the day. And they um, were. I thought Australia's defence last night was spot on. And, and the two big central defenders, Suter and, and who's the other guy, Rolls, fantastic. Oh, and it was it was Harry Suter's um, sliding tackle. It was one of the best tackles you'll ever see. There was a breakaway. It was about 80-odd minutes in. And they looked like they had us in all sorts. And he just he made that decision, like you do in rugby league or AFL or whatever. They'll leave his man and just... He ran probably 20-odd metres, exhausted, and a sliding tackle was just brilliant. And I think they would I think that would have been an equaliser because we were, we were gone, uh, if you remember that bit of play. I do, indeed. And I could say this, look, because we, we don't have too long to speak, but you talk about coaching matters and all that. And Arnie's always, he's always a free kick for everyone, you know. Yep. But there was a moment last night, and I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw it, after the game, when they, they rolled Martin Boyle out and he looked like, he looked like the version of Kenny Carter on South Park <gasps> after he'd been cleaned up with the crutches. No, not who's the dude on the boy all came across uh, looking like Timmy from South Park. He did, and uh, he, he and he really did. And you know, you feel for the guy because he'd been such a a huge uh, part of Australia getting there. 
and, and I was looking around when the squad came, by going, where the hell was Boyle? And then it heard that he he was hurt because it didn't even make the news out here. Um, Appreciate ligament now, mate. They they say he's ACL. Well, and you know, good on Arnie and all the software for having the guy there and 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 and, and gathering around him. And the, they put a circle around him, obviously, to say that we're all. I hate this term. We're all in this together, for God's sake. But um, it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. And you see something like that and you go, I actually reckon these guys, it was just like when they made that last qualifying game. Yep. We can say what we want about Graham Arnold. These players would die for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's finish this off, mate. This was meant to be a quick chat. Let's have a look at our table. So France on top, they did us a favour beating Denmark 2-1. France on top on six points. We're second... On three points. We could be playing the Saudis in the, in, in the ground of 18. I know. Well, we've got Denmark and Tunisia on a point each. So it is absolutely, I mean, it's not absolutely, but it's in our hands right now. So we're hoping that France do the job against Tunisia. Uh, and then and then theoretically, a draw would be good enough to get through. I haven't uh, seen anything from Denmark that makes me go, oh, what? you know, I do think they're one of the most overhyped, under-delivering teams in world sport. Well, let's just hope France keep their full team out. They've got a deep enough squad that the players, you know, are going to go for it. We would hate to see an upset with Tunisia because of goal difference. Um, we could put up a courageous performance and be out. So let's just hope the football gods, um, it's in our hands, isn't it? We win, we're through. That's well, it. the problem with Tunisia and France is there's such a huge uh, amount of North African type players in in the French setup, And I, I maybe think the big brother would want to deal with them. That's what I'm going to work on that. Hoping that the French, for once, when times get tough, don't hit the retreat button. Well, let's face this, mate. Even if they do and let Tunisia win, it's up to us. We win, we're through. As simple as that. that yeah, well, you can't actually do many, much complaining if you get pumped by four goals. No. And there's your, permit, there's your permutation, mate. We win, we're through. Simple as that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mate, it's been a great World Cup. It's, it's been a quick catch-up for us. Um, any other thoughts um, before before we head off this morning? Well, I want to take my hat off to all my friends who are staying up all night and then going to work. And I know there's many of us around. Now. I am, I've got to say, getting a little bit older now. I'm struggling. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sort of doing that practicing for getting uh, being a pensioner, where I'm just falling asleep on the and coming in and out of games. Mate, I fell asleep on the, last night watching a series with um, uh, Josh and Meg, um, and I fell asleep 20 minutes in. Do you know what time it was last night? Seven. It was eight eighteen when I woken up to say go to bed. Eight eighteen Saturday night, mate. That's a late one for around here. <laughs> and now I know what it feels like. I said to Lou, well now I know what it feels like if we go for a walk and we drop into the pub that's open at eleven o'clock in the in the morning. Yep. So because that these days that feels like four to me. Well, mate, one o'clock for us, um, living in Queensland. Thursday morning, we're not going to get any sleep on Thursday because we're watching the game against Denmark um, and Tunisia-France play at the same time because it's the final group matches. They play at the same time, which I absolutely adore. Um, and we will have our... Oh, mate, we could be through to the group stages after that. It, we always say the first game is not everything in a World Cup and it's not because right now we beat Denmark uh, through and... Who would have given this Australian team any chance of being in a knockout stage? It's not many. Well, we can do it. And House, wouldn't that just be awesome? I know we're getting some... I get some messages from dear friends of mine tell tell me how rubbish this, you know, the A-League quality and, and all that, and I get it. 
and I understand all that, but not every comp. It sort of gets to me back to the whole Aussie thing. Not everyone can be Barcelona in 2010, no. and Australia definitely isn't that. And we've got to go to the well of what we do good, which is being physical and tough and running our guts out and playing for each other. And you know what? I just got a feeling the Danes are going to fold up. I reckon they already. I reckon the Danes folded up when they were jamming on about their jersey four right. weeks out. Yep, yep, yep. Concentrating on the wrong things. Hundred percent. Mate, it's um, look, we'll get back to our Love Sport podcast uh, talking about all general sport because I can't wait to talk NFL with you as well because my Finns are still a massive chance to do some wonderful things. Your Packers, uh, let's not talk We're about We're gone. <laughs> let's not talk about them. But, mate, enjoy, and uh, we will speak hopefully some stage this week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Very good.